0: Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. Good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Are you good? Uh, how many travelled quite far to church this morning? So us have a show of hands. Where did you come from? You came from newborn. How far away is that? It's a little, it is a little a little further. Uh, Andrew, where did you come from? I'm the centre of everything. The centre of everything, which is where? The Ashbocking's the centre of everything. Uh, anyone come a bit further than Ashbocking? Melton out that way? Some guys? Jenny? Yeah, you know, Sabian went to this wedding yesterday, and he drove three and a half hours to be here this morning. Well done, hang on, man. hang on. You haven't heard the best of it yet to hear me preach. Uh, anyway... <laughs> He just wanted to be with his family. Oh, it's so good to be here this morning. Those guys right up there in the back. Cool, can I can hardly see you. Look, Wave your hands at me. I know you're there. I'm going to pray as well. So let's just come before the Father. I just sense the oh, just the gentleness of God this morning. I do. I sense the Holy Spirit's presence here today in a strong way, in a heavy way, not in a A heavy way that we're so oppressed by His presence, but just like a blanket that's very soft, very gentle—the gentleness of God. Come, God. You ever prayed that prayer? I need You, God. I need You, God. Maybe you're praying that prayer now as we start a new season in our lives. Children going to school guys going to university, children going from primary school up to high school. And we're in a school. And I really do sense that we need to pray for the children of our nation, not just this school, but our nation, that they need to hear the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just a story, it's his story. History is his story. And Father God, as we just sense this gentleness this morning, I pray that that would permeate through the school, that we sense your presence this morning. As a church, we like to create a little bit of an atmosphere just to make this school a little less of a school. But the thing that we desire is your presence, Lord. Above all things, we desire your presence. Lord, we want an encounter with you today. I pray that every person here is hungry and thirsty and desiring the things of God this morning, that they're expectant this morning to receive something from you. Like the layman at the gate beautiful, he expected to receive something from Peter and John. And he got more than he bargained for. So when we come expectant, we can believe that God's going to give us more than we bargained for. We pray over this school and the schools of our nation, Father God. That those children going up into high school and those children just starting school for the first time. Very scary. We just pray over our young people, our, our young people in our nation. Father, they need to hear about Jesus. They need to hear about God. And we come here on a Sunday and I believe God's presence is here and His gentleness is here. And I believe that will permeate throughout the whole school this coming term, Lord. And we're so privileged to have a place that we can call a home for us as a church where we can, where we can begin to grow. God wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to stagnate. And I do see that. I see growth in the church but I also see growth in people as well. That's the thing. We don't want to grow a big church. We want to grow people. So they can be real citizens of the kingdom. So, Father, I thank you as I share this morning from your word, your living word, That is sharper than active. Sharpen any two-edged sword, Father. And it will divide that which is of the soul and that which is of the spirit. Speak to every heart today, Father God, as our hearts are open. Pray the ears would be open today. Hearts would be open to hear what the spirit would say to the church in these last days. And all these things we give thanks. And if you love the Lord, you'll say amen. Amen. We're starting a new series this morning called Heroes of Faith. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews 11. That's where we're going to stay mainly. I might ask you to turn to another passage after that in John. But go to Hebrews 11. That's where we're going to begin. Because this is where it lists what we call the heroes of faith. The Hall of Fame. Those guys that have gone on before us. Those old saints that trusted God. And when we look at these, these heroes, I think about heroes. Have you got a hero in your life other than, other than Jesus, other than Abraham or Moses or anybody else? Is there a hero in your life, in your Christian life, someone that you looked up to that was a bit of a hero to you? Can you think about that for a moment? I'm sure there's people in my life. My senior pastor started this church in 1979, and we're still part of this movement. And he was a great man of faith really trusted God. And we saw many, many fantastic miracles, thousands of people coming to Jesus. That's what it's about, isn't it? And the reason I said that is because we give all glory to God, don't we? Not to a man or an organization. That's what we need to do is give glory to God in every way. So I'm going to share a foundation, go through a foundation. And there are four principles or points that I want to look at. And they are this. If you're taking notes, that's good to take notes. Number one, we're going to have a look at faith. This is a massive subject. We've taught on faith before. But we're going to have a look at that in the, in the lives of these fantastic heroes that we look up to in our Bibles. The next one is hearing God. How many of us, I was going to ask that question later on, but how many of us know how to recognize the voice of God? Let's, let's have a show of hands here this morning. How, how many of you here know how to recognize the voice of God? And again, it's not, it's not a competition. You're not any less of a Christian if you can't hear God. All right, you're not any less of a Christian if you can't hear God, but that's good for me to know to see how many people are not quite sure how we hear God, and we're going to look at that in a minute. The third thing we're going to have a look at is obedience. How many are training? How many trained a new dog? A new puppy? They eat everything, don't they? Try and keep the shoes away from them. They go for the shoes, the furniture, and everything else. It's hard. You want that dog to learn obedience, just like us as Christians, we need to learn obedience. And the last thing we're going to have a look at is faithfulness. When we, uh, when we uh, share, when I share next week, because this is a two-part message for me, I just had too much material. I want you to sing that song, "Faithful," Danny. Next week, is that all right? Tell J.T. I said so. Is that all right? Not asking him. You're not here. That's good. Can someone else tell Danny? Uh, tell, tell J.T. Someone will. Someone will. Okay. You know, I don't normally have uh, three or four points in a message so we're going to have a look at four principles the first one is faith because we don't just need to hear a message do we we need to apply the messages that we hear faith we need to be doers of the word don't we and not just hearers only how many doers have we got in the house this morning yeah Yeah, we got a few we got three or four okay are you at hebrews 11 i've given you most a lot of time now we're going to have a look at the amplified bible and hopefully oh lovely this is our lovely slide Thank you, Danny, and your team. They put make all the slides for us. Do all the slides for us for our presentation. So I really want to thank the guys, the team that do that. That's fantastic. Okay, now here we go. Now, faith is what is faith? The assurance or the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. I love what the amplified says there: divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. Everyone say, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Let's do it again. So, have a competition between this side and that side. Say, faith is the evidence of things not seen. How about this side? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Oh, lovely. I think you're about equal. I think you're about equal. There's an old saying. There's an old saying, and I want you to finish the end of the sentence for me. Seeing is oh, that's a, Everyone knows that, don't they? Seeing is believing. But that's not true for the Christian. We're not going to go there, but in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's what the Hall of Fame, this book of Hebrews 11, the chapter of Hebrews 11, talks about all these men of old that had great faith. And we're going to start with Noah. Everyone say Noah. Noah. Can we actually believe things that we can't see? We're not sure about that. This side. Can we believe in things that we really can't see with the natural eye? Yes. We can. How about this side? Yes. Yeah, you all agree. I think that side beat you a little bit. So there's no competition. Don't, don't you know, shame them or shame me or anybody else. Is that all right? Are there any examples in the Bible that Jesus gives us about this very subject? If you want to go, keep your place in Hebrews because we're going to go back there. That's where we're going to stay after that. Go to John 20, verse 29. John 20, 29. How many have enjoyed being in the theatre? I think it has its pluses and its minuses, its ups and downs, isn't it? But we're going back to the hall next week, so praise God for that. Okay, what did Jesus say to Thomas about this? Let's have a look. John 20, 29. There we go. Lovely. I forgot to scroll the last verse up. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, do you now believe? So this is doubting Thomas. He said, Unless I see see him and put my fingers in his scars, I'm not going to believe. And then it goes on in the Amplified and says this, Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, and favoured by God are they that did not see me and yet believed in me. Has anybody seen Jesus in this room? Anyone? Not at breakfast this morning? Not last night when he tucked you into bed? When you prayed your little prayer and he said, Oh, I'll just tuck you into bed, Steve. You look a little uncomfortable. I'll make you all comfy. No, none of us have seen Jesus, but do we believe in Jesus? So we can believe in things that we don't see. And that's what this is about. Incredible stories. Let's have a look at the biblical definition of faith. I think that's a good thing. Strong's expository definition of faith means this in Hebrews 11, verse 1. It means this. This is what faith means. This is the biblical definition of faith. It means persuasion, moral conviction, belief or conviction with the predominant idea of trust or confidence in God or Christ. Let me read that again. Persuasion, moral conviction. Belief or conviction with the predominant idea of trust or confidence in God or Christ. So, looking at our first principle or our first point, faith in God, placing our absolute trust in Jesus and our confidence in God is all part of our Christian walk. So, we can't please God without faith, can we? We can't grow spiritually without faith. And we can't receive anything from from, from God without faith. So true faith is acting on what we believe. That's what true faith is. I'll say that again. True faith is acting on what we we believe. Faith is active. It's one thing believing about something, but it's another thing on acting on the belief that you have. Amen? Can we say amen to that? You know, when God spoke to Esther and I about coming to England to plant this church... We had to get on a plane. God gave us many promises about coming to England, but we had to get on a plane and come here. And I know that seems like an obvious statement, but you know, too many people are waiting for God to move, and He's waiting for us to move. I know people that are still waiting years and years and years to go into some kind of ministry, uh, not there yet, not there yet, and they're just not moving themselves. They're not taking the act of faith and stepping forward in faith. To trust God to do things. Amen? And where do you start? In any kind of ministry, putting out the chairs. Serve somewhere. Do something. Yeah. Serve somewhere. How do we get into the band? Well, serve. Yeah. How, how many guys are waiting to come in the band? A couple of guys. Want to, what, what's that like to, to sort of come into the band? You say to the got JT, you say, I want to join the band. So he says, right, you're in next week. What happens? You serve for eight weeks. You, you, you for eight weeks. Is that right, Mattan? Yeah. So whatever we ask you to do, lug the kit. That's all part of serving, isn't it? That's where we start. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to do that willingly. And it's not doing it to get ahead. Do you know what I mean? Serve somewhere. Do something. Be active. Faith is active. Let's get off our blessed assurance. Come on now, children. Let's get off our blessed assurance. And let's move into action. Yes? So Esther and I had this promise to come here. We had to get on a plane and come. Had no money to come. No tickets. No tickets. And then someone we met someone in in the parking lot of our church. And he said, "Oh, I I just want to say, Richard and Esther, someone's going to pay for your tickets to come to England. And that's what they did. We just trusted God. Got a promise to come to England. We've got to get on a plane and come. Okay, let's have a look at this in the life of Noah then. Let's go to Hebrews 11 verse 7. Amplified again. It's going to be a bit loud in here. The old ones are always the best. Some people, some people still titter and others say, <laughs> again, you say that again. By faith, not by human effort. Not by man's ingenuity. Not by his education. Not by his standing in life. Not by hard work or stress or toil. But by faith. Trust in God. By faith. Look at this. With confidence in God and His Word. I love that, what the Amplified says about this verse. By faith, with confidence in God and his word, Noah, being warned by God about events, what? Not seen. God warns Noah about events that will take place that can't be seen. Look at this. In reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. By this act. Everyone say act. Act. By this act of obedience the next part of the verse says this by this act of obedience he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which comes by faith so the first line of that verse is by faith with confidence in God and his word you know Noah gets a word from God he's warned it says in this verse that he's warned by God that something's going to happen that's all he says as far as we can see in scripture and and Noah does what he goes and does what God says He's obedient and goes and does what God says. So he gets a word from God and he acts upon it and God honors his faith. This is true faith. How do we apply these principles in our own life? Do you think God will honor our faith when he asks us to do something? Even when it's really hard, even when you think it's really impossible, do you think if God asks you to do it, that he would supply what you need to do the job? You think he would supply. Even something that we've never done before. And you think, well, I've never done that before, and I don't know what's waiting for me, but I'm going to trust God and I'm going to believe. You know, when Esther and I left South Africa, because that's where we were, that's where we got saved, we had to leave England, never heard the gospel here, had to go 6,000 miles to hear the gospel. We got miraculously saved together, and I'm so grateful for that. And then God called us to come back to the UK, and we weren't really prepared. We came back with 600 pounds in our pocket. We had to buy a car, at a rent a house. They sent us a salary. They promised to give us a salary for 10 months, starting from April. We came here in the... Uh, starting January, and we came here in April. So we had four months of our support while we were in South Africa, just getting ready to come here. We had to buy a car and get a house. We didn't have any security. There wasn't a group of people waiting for us here. There wasn't a building waiting for us here. We hadn't attended a, the five-year church planting program. Hadn't done any of that. And we came here and planted this church. We were scared stiff. We didn't know what we were doing. Hadn't got a clue what we were doing. We had faith and we had passion. And we had the call of God to come. We had no money. We had no security. We didn't you know, have a house to sell with hundreds of thousands of pounds to come here and start this work. And we had to trust God for our salary every month. They promised us 10 months of support. And on the 10th month, I got before God and I said, Lord, it's October. Our salary coming. November, there's no promise of any salary coming. Now, I will, I will work and run the church at the same time. What do you want me to do? And God said, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. We trusted God for the next year and a half, and money came every month. It wasn't a huge amount of money, but they supported us for the next two years. We just went before God every month, Lord. you still want me to do this? I'll go and work, but I'm going to trust you. He said, I want you to trust me. I want you to be full-time. You're going to run this church. That's all you're going to do. And we trusted God. And God has built this church. He's the one. This is what we've got to realize. And not forget that God is building his church. And he gets the glory for what he does. He just needs willing vessels to believe him, to trust him, and actively do what he asks us to do. Were we scared? Yes. Have we done this before? No. But we were excited. We were passionate, weren't we? And for the first few months, nothing really happened. We, you know, I thought we'd come back and we'd just slip back into the culture. It was a culture shock for us. Although we were English, culture shock coming back here to the UK in, the, in, in 1997. But we knew that God was with us. And if we look at the rest of these heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, it says, By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch by faith Abraham, by faith Moses. These guys who are listed in the canon of Scripture are listed there because of their faith, not because of their status or how clever they were or if they'd been to Bible school or Bible college. Let's go back to Hebrews 11, verse 7 again. just want to pick out a few things here. It says, By faith, with confidence in God and His Word, Noah, being warned by God, about events not yet seen in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his family so the first point we looked at was faith the next point we want to look at is the principle of hearing god speak now I asked that question earlier if you know how to recognize the voice of god and it wasn't trying to trick you because a lot of people still don't know how to hear god and that's okay we are all here to learn aren't we it took me a long time to grasp these principles and uh, as a young Christian. So I want to go back to that verse again. It says, By faith, with confidence in God and his word, Noah, being warned by God about events not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. If God warned Noah about an upcoming event, they he had no clue what was coming, we can assume that, no, that God spoke to Noah. Right there. God spoke to Noah. He hears God speak and puts into practice what he hears. And what I find amazing about this, Noah doesn't have a Bible. Noah doesn't even have a church. Noah hasn't been to Bible school. He hasn't even been to faith school. He hasn't studied for years how to recognize the voice of God. So there must have been relationship there somehow, some way. The Bible doesn't really say. And yet God speaks to him and says, this is what I want you to do. Something is going to come on the earth. earth. I want you to build an ark. Esther and I were privileged when we went to America recently. To go to Tennessee and see uh, Answers in Genesis. Does anybody know who they are? There's a Christian organization called Answers in Genesis. And they built a life-size ark to the dimensions that God gave Moses. Oh, Oh, you're awake. I'm glad someone's awake. You just throw a little few things in there just to see if you're awake. Right? The exact dimensions that God gave Noah. And you want to see this thing. It changes your perception about Genesis. And Genesis is probably one of the most important books for us to grasp, because it is the key to unlocking the rest of the Bible. It's not about a little boat, like they're doing the children's stories, with all these God saves all these little furry animals. I believe uh, Kim Kardashian's uh, Dutch hound was uh, on the boat as well. Yeah, it was. So I know that's true, because God told me. I just thought I just thought I'd slip that in, because every time Josh ministers, he talks about either Kim. Or came with. is that right most time and, and I love it don't I I love I love it so I thought I'd throw that in there I was going to say it was her chihuahua not her dachshund that's right that's where it came from so at least her little dachshund her little chihuahua was safe so this so this is amazing God warns Noah not Moses God warns Noah there's no evidence of rain there's not even a flood and he goes on and builds this. He believes God and builds this ark. And we, we think it was between 75 and 100 years of him building this project. How many of you would have been, if you were Noah's wife, would have been really upset with him? Are you going out to that shed again, Chris? What are you building out there? I can't tell you. It's top secret. Even I don't know because God hasn't told me yet what's going to happen. That's amazing. I'm just going to take a little... We reckon it took between 75 and 100 years for him to build this ark. And there's no physical evidence of this catastrophic event. There's no record. There's no record of God encouraging. If you look at your Bible, there's no record of God encouraging Noah throughout the process. He said, that's my boy. How are you doing, Noah? How's things going? You've got all the tools you need. And just remember, I've seen some of the beams that were, that were built in this ark. And they were sort of this square. Sort of thirty feet tall. Andrew, Andrew goes into his workshop, which I love, and he's got every tool at his disposal, every including tractors and everything else. You need that to do the job, don't you? Power. If you want to drill a hole, what do you do, Andrew? Use a, drill. use a what do you know? I have. When you think about that, when you see the scale of this thing on the inside and what, what how he built it, it's mind-boggling. How he, how did he do that? He must have had supernatural, supernatural strength. Now, whether he hired people from the community, I really don't know. And You know, he was mocked for that 100 years. Hey, God, I'm getting mocked here. Don't you want to check in me sometimes and see how I'm doing? There's none of that recorded in our Bible. He just says, build the ark, and he did it. 75 to 100 years. That's incredible. Are you sure about this, God? It's year five. How many of us would have given up after the first year? Oh, this is rubbish. What am I building this for? It's too hard, it's too difficult. He didn't say that, did he? It says he believed God, he trusted God, he put his confidence in God. And he hadn't been to faith school, he hadn't even got a Bible. I find that astounding. Absolutely astounding. We want all of our ducks in a row, don't we, before we do anything for God on a big scale. I could have said, Lord, I'm not going to the UK until there's a building, until we've got people that we can minister to. There was nobody. We had to minister to ourselves. I had to preach to Esther every Sunday. And then she said, can we organize some guest speakers sometime? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's just so harsh, isn't it? And she loves me, but what can I say? So, so if God, God spoke to Noah and he heard and must have recognized his voice, how about us? How do, we know when, how do we know that God wants to speak to us? Do you think he wants to speak to us? You know what the Bible says in, in Matthew 10, 27? It says, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger's voice they will not follow. You know, it doesn't say you have the potential to hear my voice. It says, my sheep, hear my voice. Are we listening? Are we taking time out? We pray prayers to God, but are we taking time out to sit with God, to wait on God and hear from God before we do anything else? Especially when we've got an issue or challenge or God wants us to do something for him. That's the time to wait on God. How do you want it done, Lord? Because we can run ahead and do it ourselves. Noah could have just said, you know, I'm not going to go with those plans. It, they look really odd. It looks big. Let's, let's build a smaller one. Let's build it by 100 feet long. He could have done, couldn't he? Yeah. I mean, come on. With no power tools. What kind of tools did he have? Who's worked with a brace and bit? That's hard going, isn't it? A hand... A bra- <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Ask your dad. Uh, you know, a screwdriver... You know, electric screwdriver. We've got electric screwdrivers. Everything's done by electric these days. They use wooden pegs. They used to drill holes and stick these dirty, dirty wooden pegs in these holes. How am I doing for time? I'm good. I've got another hour and a half to go. We're all right. Okay, do we give time in our day to listen to God? Because how does God speak to us? How does God speak to us? Let's ask some of you Bible students here. Give me some of the ways that God speaks to us. I'm doing this side first. (laughs) Anyone? He might have given a clue there. (laughs) (laughs) Through his word. Oh, through his word! Your twin brothers over there keeps butting in. Tell him to stop butting in. How how many other ways can we hear God speak? By dreams, visions, Visions. prophets. Prophets. Oh, what does that mean? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. That still, small voice within. But How can we hear that still, vo- small voice within if we're, we're, we're rushing about everywhere, not sitting, waiting on God? How can we do that? When we read our Bibles, how many's got a Bible? No one didn't even have a, a, a reference to go to. You know, where, where else does it say in, in God's Word? He opens his non-Bible and thinks, who else has done something like this? No one. You've got nothing to follow. So how do we hear God. Directly, we can hear God directly directly speak to us. Uh, he's never spoken to me audibly, but he's always spoken to me in my heart when I'm reading my Bible, so that's another way God can speak to us. He can speak to us through his word or through a message like this or for someone standing here sharing a message. God can speak to our hearts. And that's what happened when we were called to come to the UK. God spoke to our hearts, gave us a verse of scripture for us to hold on to. He said, you hold on to the promises of God and I'm not going to fail you. That's why God is so faithful. I was so pleased you sang that song today. Let's close our eyes for a moment. And I'll conclude this message next week. Get into the heart of it, really. You know, it's really important that we have strong faith. And everyone has what they call the mustard seed of faith. The measure of faith, the Bible says. And that faith can grow or it can diminish. And we grow our faith by studying God's word and applying the word in our lives. And when God asks us to do something, it might not be the only thing God asks you to do. And you think, well, God's just asked me to go and volunteer in the, in the cafe or volunteer to go with the children. Do that. If you think God's told you to do that, do that. And there's no path to become the, you know, the preacher or the teacher or the apostle or the prophet or whatever you think God might have for you. Just start serving in an area of ministry, and God is the one who promotes. We don't have to seek promotion. God is the one who promotes. Just whatever your hand finds to do, do it. That's what I say. So we need strong faith. We need to build our faith, and that can be built up by studying God's Word. But we also need to hear how to recognize the voice of God. That's really important as well, so that we know when God is speaking to us and when it's not the enemy or our own thoughts trying to influence our lives. You know, One of the biggest decisions or the biggest decision I made in my life when I heard someone share the gospel was to give my life to Jesus. And every Sunday we like to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, life is tough with Jesus, isn't it? I know you can nod your head and say amen, but it must be tougher without Jesus. We live in a dark world and this world is getting darker and we need to hear from God. We need clear instruction from God as to how we're to conduct our lives and what we're to do with our lives as we serve Him. So that's really important. And I believe this morning that people have heard from God this morning about what I've just asked. Would you like to give your life to Jesus and hand over the reins of your life to Him? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to give that opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, What about today? There's no better time than making Jesus the Lord of your life today. Is that you? That's the first question I'm going to ask. The second question is, you know, maybe you've been to church, you've tried church, and maybe you've been hurt in a church and you went away from church, but you're here today. What about you? You want to recommit your life to Jesus? That's the second question. Would you like to recommit your life to Jesus today? Because God, like I said, is waiting, sitting there waiting for you to return. He's not going to judge you for all the things that you've done wrong in your life because he's already judged Jesus. We deserve the penalty for our sin. But Jesus took that penalty and died a cruel cross, or died a cruel death on a cross for you and me. So let me ask the first person, first question. Who would like to give their life to Jesus today? Say, that's me. I know God's been speaking to me and I want to give my life to him. Anyone here this morning? Just raise your hand up and I'll see it. I don't want to embarrass you. No one's looking around. Just put your hand up and say, yeah, that's me. I want to give God a chance in my life. Or maybe you're that second person that has maybe tried church and you were either upset by church or offended by church, or you just left, but you're here today. And I'm asking you that question. Yes, I see that hand. That's great. You want to recommit your life to Jesus today. That's wonderful. That's brave to put the hand up. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. I want to close the service and if you have any needs uh, this morning, any prayer needs, please come forward. There'll be a prayer team here that have little lanyards on. They'll be in the front. And whatever you need prayer for, just come and speak to them and they'll pray for you before you go. Let's just pray before we close the service. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for Jesus. That he is, the Bible says, full of grace and truth. He's full of grace and truth. And we can trust Jesus because he will never fail us. He's always faithful, ever faithful. Even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Father God, I just pray over this congregation this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather as the family of God, as your church, as your bride, because you're coming soon for your bride. And we can look to you, Lord, in these days ahead that are seemingly quite, going to be quite challenging and quite dark but your word says in Matthew 24 that these are just the beginning of birth pains before your return. So Lord, we're looking to you, like like Beth quite rightly said, let's not look at the ground, let's not just look ahead of us, but let's look to Jesus as we navigate this life with him. He's with us. He's never going to leave us or forsake us. So Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, as we go right now, I thank you that your angels would encamp around about us and keep us safe and free from harm until we can meet again.